Howdy folks, and welcome to the Outdoor Ed Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Mascarinas. Uh, today's show, uh, we're going to kind of stick with that ice fishing theme. Um, we still have good ice here in the high country. We do have some parts of uh, um, of the of some lakes, I should say, that are kind of starting to get beat up in the high country. As far as on the front range goes here local in Colorado, and I mean when I say front range, I mean the Denver metro area, uh, we are, I would, we're done. We're done with ice here. There's a couple uh, spots that have fishable ice, but as far as the rest of the ice goes, um, it's done. We've had uh, warm days mixed with winds, mixed with rain, and it's just not, it's just has not been good on the ice. We've haven't been, I mean, we had a good week and a half stretch where you could go out to pretty much anywhere here on the front range and find good fishable ice, but it's just not, it's not good anymore. It's just, it took a beating the past couple of weeks and it's not going to get any better because uh, we're not going to get any colder. We have, we have uh, ex- exhausted our, um, our, uh, our cold nights and our cold days. So uh, those lakes aren't going to refreeze. And if they do refreeze, they're not going to stay frozen very long. We aren't, uh, uh, I mean, I woke up a couple days uh, this past week where it was 50 degrees at 4 o'clock in the morning. So uh, that's not conducive to ice building, not conducive to holding ice. So uh, down here in the front range, it's looking bleak. But in the high country, there's still some good ice up there. So uh, today's show, today's podcast is going to be on ice augers and ice shelters or shelters in general. Um, so we're going to dig right into it, get down and dirty. Uh, I don't know why I said that because I don't know we're going to get dirty, but I mean, I don't know. Anyway, um, right into it, uh, ice augers and shelters. So I always get questions. Uh, you know, this is kind of, you know, go stemming from the last podcast. Uh, my, questions I get, and these are answering, basically I'm answering questions to the, to, to overall audience instead of individuals when I, when I do these podcasts like this. So, uh, a lot of times people ask me, what kind of augers do I need to get? What kind of shelter should I get? Well, again, I'm going to ask you, uh, let's go with the augers. Let's start with the augers, stay with the augers for a little bit. I'm going to ask you, what do you need? What are you looking for in an auger? Now, I have used and owned um, a majority of manufacturers out there. So uh, when it comes to the experience of the manufacturers, I do have that experience. And I can tell you right now, you can't go wrong with a lot of machines that are out there, with a lot of drills that are out there, uh, ice drills, ice augers, or whatever you want to call them. You can't go wrong with them. Some um, are better than others. Uh, for me, I, uh, I, like I said, I've used them all, and I've really settled on uh, Eskimo Ion uh, auger. You know, the, ele- the Ion is an electric auger. And it's, is, it's, in my opinion, the best auger you can get. It, um, it, it, is, it is light. It comes in at only 21 pounds, 22, 23 pounds if you have the 10-inch bit. But uh, other than that, the, you can take off. You can remove the bit. You can just uh, uh, put it in. Uh, you can store it in your car. There's no gas. There's nothing you need to worry about. Put it in the back seat of your car, your vehicle, um, your trunk, whatever it may be. Just the whole um, the ability to do that with your auger is something that uh, is really important to me uh, because I don't have a topper on my truck. I like to keep my auger inside my vehicle. Uh, so that's that's just with uh, that, and, and that, that doesn't even, I'm not even talking about what you can do with it on the ice. But when you do get on the ice, 
Um, it is a very, very good auger as far as sound. So if you're one of those shallow water anglers, if you're targeting pike in shallow water with tip-ups, uh, let's say you're we're getting in the late season where those pike are going to be shallow. Uh, they're getting ready. They're going into pre-spawn or they are spawning. It depends on whatever body of water you're on. Um, shallow water is where you're going to be targeting. Um, trout, uh, you're coming into where those trout are going to go pre-spawn. Uh, rainbows, uh, uh, things like that. They're going to go into that 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 mode of pre-spawn. So um, you're you're going to be focusing on shallow water if you're getting into later ice. So one of the biggest advantages to using an electric auger uh, using the ion is that you can ultimately aug your holes, drill your holes, and um, not have to wait, let those holes settle as much as you would with a gas auger. And what I mean by that is uh, if you use a gas auger, um, whether it be propane, whether it be gas, you're going to have a lot of sound and reverberation coming from that motor through that flute into that, into the ice. So um, you're going to have, you're, you're going to spook a lot of fish in that area with the electric auger, with the ion, you're going to uh, cut down on that quite a bit you're still going to have the sound of the drill uh going through the blades going through the ice but as far as that 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 gas that sound that power i mean i'm, I'm sure uh those of you who have been ice fishing have been sitting on the ice and you can hear a gas auger from miles away just i mean piling through that ice can you imagine what that sounds through the ice into the water it's going to spook fish with the ion you don't it, it cuts down on that sound uh, tremendously so uh, that's a good um, a good thing to keep in mind when you're looking at the ion auger now it uh, again it doesn't have gas so you don't have to worry about maintaining gas you don't have to worry about adding oil you don't have to worry about mixing gas and oil and that again that goes into when you uh, store it you don't have to worry about the storage of it you just take the battery off put it on the charger and it charges up the battery on it a lot of people say oh well the battery how many holes are you going to get out of the battery how many holes can you drill um i have never ran down a battery i have gotten down to one or two bars but i've never ran down a battery and i drill holes a lot now i always have an extra battery with me and when i do and some of the things i do with that battery is i like to either put it in a ion battery bag or i like to keep it close to me where i can keep that battery warm as you know with cold weather it drains batteries easy so that's what i like to do and when i lay that auger down on the ice i don't lay it down battery down because that's even going to drain it even more i turn it over but the do the the i the new ion at four it does have that uh, ability that there is a little bit of a buffer on there if you do lay it down on the ice to where it's not directly on the ice there's a little bit of a uh, they got kind of a guard down on the bottom uh, that kind of protects that so keep that in mind when purchasing that auger so i'm going to get that out of the way right off the bat if you have the means or if you want to invest and save up for if you got all if you got a if you got a flasher you got a, a, a some kind of electronic unit you have you have um you have all the rods and you're saying something i want to invest in something i want to build up to and i really really would like this is what I need. I need I need it to be light. I'm you know I'm older. I don't want to I don't want to be carrying something heavy out there. I don't want to be dragging something heavy out there. Uh, you you know I'm I'm I 
I when I when I when you drill holes, you can fill it when you drill holes. That that weight just doesn't doesn't uh, matter when you're carrying it or you're transporting it. It matters too when you're drilling holes. Uh, having a heavy auger can, and especially if you drill a lot of holes, having a heavy auger can really really put some weight on there and really make that drilling um, that much more tiring. Or uh, uh, you know blow out your shoulders, you know, so if those of you that drill a lot of holes know what I'm talking about. So if you have the means, if you want to save up for an auger, an ion auger is the best, uh, route you can go. And, um, it's, uh, it's one that I prefer and I love the ion auger. So get that out of the way right off the bat. I know, and I, I, I know it's, it's, uh, it's really the auger. I mean, in all honesty, it's not something that uh, is for a lot of people out there just because of the price range. But like I said, if you're in the means or you want to put some money away to get it, it is the best way to go. No doubt about it. Best way to go. Um, but if you come to me and tell me, hey, Matt, I don't, I, I, this is my price range. This is what I'm looking for. I don't mind gas. I don't mind anything else. Then you got to look at the propane route. Um, I'm really getting away from gas. I haven't used a gas auger in almost uh, five, six years. It's always been propane or electric. And I'm really getting away from the gas uh, because I, I, you, I, I don't have, I don't need to use a gas auger. There's other options. That's just, just plain and simple what it is. And um, uh, I go to the propane. This year, I really, really love um, I really like to use, uh, an eight inch auger when it comes to the propane. And, uh, yeah, I know if you can, if you're looking at, you know, going pike fishing or you're looking at doing, uh, targeting the lake trout, you know, there's always that question, uh, can I get a 40 inch lake trout? Can I get a 40 plus inch pike through an eight inch hole? Well, let's, uh, let's back up there. So that's what I tell everybody. Let's back up there a little bit. Can you, do you have the, uh, now I don't want to sound like an ass here, but this is an honest question. Can you, do you have the skills to where you're going to constantly have to think about pulling that size of fish through a hole? Um, my honest opinion, my honest answer is when I go target those fish, yeah, I'm going to have a 10 inch auger, but when I'm not targeting those fish, I don't even think about it. I don't, even when I am targeting those fish, I don't even think about it because the chances of you going out and strictly catching, targeting, and and over and over again, a fish of that size are very, very, very low. So I'm not going to tell you, yes, 10-inch auger, you have to have a 10-inch hole. You have to have a 10-inch hole because you're not going to get the fish that size up. When there's only maybe a handful of those opportunities, I'm talking about those of you that fish constantly, those of you that fish all the time, there's still only a handful of opportunities to catch a fish like that and pull through a hole. So along with that, and what I mean by that is you don't need a 10 inch hole. You don't need a 10 inch auger. You don't need one. You can pull and I've seen it done. Um, there's a plenty of guys out there that do it. They use eight inch holes and they pull those fish, those, those sides of fish through an H hole. They release it through an inch hole. I have seen some cases where they can't get a fish through a hole. I have seen that, but more times than not, you, you got to think about the slime coat on that fish. Um, you got to think about the water. You got to think about, the, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that, uh, uh, where I guess it, it would, it would be physics that come into place where, 
there's a lot of advantages to help you aid you to get that fish out of the ice or out of that hole and put it back down the hole. So when it comes to 10-inch auger, do you need a 10-inch auger if you are targeting strictly big fish? No, you do not. Now, if you have the means to get a 10-inch auger, you want to get a 10-inch auger, by all means, go ahead and do it. That's all That's that's all that having a 10-inch auger to an 8-inch auger is, is that you can fit a bigger fish through the hole. You have a bigger diameter to hole. Now, keep in mind, too, um, when you're uh, drilling those, so let's go back to even if you go the electric route, um, you're going to use more battery. You're going to use more gas by drilling those holes, two more inches. You're going to use more um, effort to go through those holes or to get through that ice. So you're going to burn battery. You're going to burn gas a little bit more because you are. it's not going to be as fast as an 8-inch auger if you're looking for speed. If you're looking to be able to fish fast, drill as many holes as possible, and fish those holes. So as opposed to 8 and 10-inch auger, I'm going to tell you you don't need a 10-inch auger. But if you want one, you can get one. Just understand you don't need one. So if I'm not using an electric auger, if I'm not using the ION, I'm definitely using an 8-inch propane auger. This year I am running a P1 Rocket from Eskimo, and it is uh, their new auger that's on the market. I love it because it almost weighs just as much, maybe a couple pounds less than the ION. When you hold it, it uh, it it drills fast. It is it is exactly what it is. It's the I call it the Red Rocket. I don't know if they if I they like me to call it Red Rocket, but I love calling it the Red Rocket because that's what it is. It's red and it's rocket and it's fast. I love it propane um and it uh, runs at a little bit higher rpms so if you're not used to that is that that's something to get used to but other than that i mean goodness gracious it cuts fast but any eight inch auger that's out there is going to cut faster and going to going to put uh going to get you fishing so um i would go with an eight inch auger i don't have a lot of purpose for six inch augers uh and i'm talking you know gas power now propane gas uh i prefer pro- prefer propane over gas uh just because again i can i can still put that auger um if you store it correctly the only downside let me let me let me back up here the only downside to a propane auger is the way you have to store it um you have to store it tank down arrow up carb up is the way I always I always like to uh, say it to myself. Tank down, carb up. So, and that just that's just because of the where the oil is. If you turn it around upside down or move it opposite of that, you're gonna get oil that leaks everywhere. The only maintenance with those is you change the oil every year or you tune it up every year. And uh, I always like to do that uh, prior to going on the ice. Really important to do that before you go on the ice and not while you're on the ice you don't want to be standing there sitting there tuning up your auger while you're on the ice so uh i prefer the eight inch uh propane uh auger and um you know again again, like i'm using the auger or the uh um like the red rocket this year the p1 rocket this year is what i'm using i love that auger i'm super happy with it uh so uh i like to stay in that eight inch range i really do i not saying i don't own a uh i own a 40c uh eskimo 40c auger and i love that thing also it's a 10 inch so it's uh and i picked that up just because i wanted to see it out i wanted to try it out but again you don't need that auger so moving forward um i always encourage everybody to uh grab pick up run use whatever what whatever it is if you use it for the season especially those of you that are only going to fish maybe i'd say you know four or five times a season or even one or two times a month i would suggest to you and it's going to be on the front range now this year's a little different because the front range has been crappy 
But even when you go on the high country, uh, this is the only time I'm going to really suggest to you if you if you fish if you don't fish a lot or if you're new getting into the ice fishing game. Um, typically, those new people that are getting in, they're trying to build their gear or they just want to try it out. And uh, if you want to just get in to try it out, I'm assuming you may or may not have friends that already do it. If you do have friends that already do it, I'm sure they have gear. They can let you use their gas augers. They can let you use their augers or, or their their, uh, their their shelters or whatever it may be. They can let you use and try it out. But for you personally, I would suggest for you, if you're just going to fish a couple times, if you want to try it out, if you're new, go get a hand auger. A six-inch, um, there's a... There's a the one I used growing up was the Mora, and um, I think that's made by Laser. I want to say, uh, but that's what I used growing up or growing growing up as an ice angler. That's what I used. Um, so it uh, six inches now, in eight to ten inches of ice. If you once you get it once you get higher than that ten inches, uh, it's going to be difficult to um, or it'll be a little bit more difficult, I should say, to get through that ice. But while you are um, before that. Uh, while you are looking for, if you're, if you're sitting around into that, uh, uh, eight inch or I'm sorry, that eight, eight inch range, single digit range thickness of ice you, and you, and again, if you only fish uh, like a handful times a year, not that much, a hand, a six inch hand auger is great. You can get through that ice just as fast as a gas auger or, 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 or a, a gas or electric auger would. And with that six inch, it's the, again, uh, like I said, the 10 inch, it's going to be bigger. You're going to take longer. It's going to be longer to get through the hole, use more fuel. And in this case with a hand auger, you're not using gas. You're not using cell. You're using your arms. You're using, you're using manpower, baby. That's why I suggest to you, if you're new ice fishing, to use a hand auger for a season, for a couple trips out, whatever it may be, I suggest to you to use that. So, um, and it, what it what it does is it uh, it hardens you as an angler. It really does harden you as an ice angler because you spent time. You know what it's like to drill hand drill holes. You know what it's like. There's a lot of guys out there saying, "Nah, go get go get a, a gas drill, go get a gas auger, go get blah blah blah." To me. I, I, I really, really think that it's important to know what it's like to not have those things because it makes you appreciate those, those when you do get those things, when you do get a flash, when you do get an auger, when you do get a hut, it makes you appreciate those things even more knowing that you suffered through a season with a hand auger, that you suffered through a season uh, sitting there freezing your butt off without a hut, that you suffered uh, not knowing if there's any fish in that area because you don't have a flasher, you don't have any electronics, you don't have an LCD. Knowing you don't have any of that is, uh, in my opinion, it toughens you up as an angler. It makes you, it makes those things, it makes those, because uh, those aren't, uh, when, when you grow, when you, uh, there's levels to this game. There's levels to it. Um, uh, shout out to Kendrick Lamar. There's levels to this. Uh, if you, if you start out on this big, you don't know what it's like to suffer. You don't know what it's like to drill a hand auger hole. You don't know what it's like to do that. I really suggest that you do it. I really do. And that's just me. That's just me. So, uh, I really suggest you do that. So if you're only going to fish a handful of times a year, uh, a handful of times, you know, a couple times a month, or you've got buddies that have all this stuff and you mainly go out with them and, uh, you don't need, you don't need all this stuff. Maybe, maybe you do have buddies that have augers and you have a hand auger and, um, you maybe like, oh, I got, I got buddies here that, and then you can go buy a flasher. You can go buy a, you can go buy something like that. But 
But um, I really think it's important to uh, pick up a hand auger and use them, especially if you're starting out and especially if you're only going to fish um, once or twice a month or a handful of times a year, a season, I should say. So definitely pick up a hand auger. And like I said, laser make. I used a, I used a Mora. Um, and uh, there's also, uh, I can't remember, I, it, it laser makes it. It, uh, it might even be called a laser, uh, um, but uh, the strike. Ma- I think I want to say strike master that makes it. But uh, those augers, uh, those hand augers, I um, they're really good. And, and and you know, and and I haven't used the Eskimo auger or, or hand auger, but um, uh, the blades on that auger are pretty good. Uh, I know they put good blades on it, but again, I haven't used it, so uh, that that's another option. And and when you're looking at the hand augers, I mean, you're going to spend anywhere from a hundred bucks to forty, fifty bucks. So. Um, that's again that's another another thing to think about too if you're building a if you're building a you know ice uh, ice fishing system if you're putting your gear together uh and price is a big thing you only have a 200 dollars budget that might be something you look at is you know well i can fit in this uh you know this six inch mora hand auger that only costs 35 bucks 40 bucks so keep that in mind when you're looking at it but but when it comes to augers it, it I, I really if you have the means i'm gonna i'm gonna do a recap here uh when it, if you have the means um, and, you, and the price is nothing or you're, you're saving up for an auger, you're at that point where you want to upgrade and you're saving up for a good good auger. The ION is you can't beat it. You just cannot beat it. And it's personally for me, it's, it's the best all-around auger that is out there uh, when it comes to weight, when it comes to uh, uh, fishability. And, and what I mean by fishability is, is yeah, there may be other augers that uh, can drill a hole faster. But uh, you're gonna have to clean. You're gonna have to clean the slush out of those those augers. The reverse. I haven't seen an auger that has reverse um, that that blows out those holes as good as the ion does. And and again, yeah, you may drill holes a couple seconds faster than me, but I'll be fishing while you're still scooping. So that's why I kind of look at it. And I and I know that they have a new. Uh, there's a new electric auger out there, uh, Strike Master. I have not used that at all. Uh, my first initial. Um, uh, impressions on it is it's heavy it is it feels like a brick so or not a brick a car battery i should say that's what i that's what i was thinking of when i picked it up i'm like this is a giant car battery but i haven't used it so um i know what i use and the ion is without a doubt the best auger on the market if you have the means and uh again i i uh uh i really suggest to go on the propane route um one of the things too i don't like with the gas augers when i use the gas augers and why i choose propane over gas um uh, when it comes to that if i'm not using an electric auger or the ion uh is the i always i always smell like gas not ass gas <laughs> sometimes you know hey um but anyway when you got that gas, you you just got the the blowing it right in your face. You you just reek of gas. You come home, and and you know the wife asks, "What the hell you been doing all day?" You smell like gas. You get gas in your beard. If you got a beard, you, you get that smell in your beard. I don't have that a lot with the propane. That's just another reason. That's another downside for me with the gas. So um, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. So, um, but but again. It all it, it all matters with uh, and it, this is going to cover everything, but what you need what what do you need to get by uh, with the day on the ice or what do you need to get through your ice season? So um, when it comes to augers, again, without a doubt, if you have the means, the best auger to purchase or the best auger to get to get is an, is the Ion, um, and uh, it's it, 
I just can't say enough about it. Um, but you know, if you're if you're still uh, the next step down from that, as I would look at a propane auger, you know, there's there's a lot of options out there. Uh, like I said, I'm using the P18 inch. Uh, there's there's uh, the the I, I, and again, like I said, I have the HC40, which is a 10 inch auger, and then um, you know there's the HC48 inch auger too. So propane augers are great. Um, I really like those. I really suggest to get those. But you know, again, you know, you might be you might be uh, uh, kind of getting up to where again there's levels you might be in the entry level you get yourself a hand auger and move up next thing is a gas auger and you know you can't go wrong with some of those uh so but in my opinion um if you're gonna go the auger route i really start off with a hand auger and then put your time in with that earn your stripes you got buddies and these are for the new auger the new the new ice anglers the the ones that are just getting the people the that are just getting into it um, start out with that hand auger. If you have friends that have a gas auger, even if you can go around and you see when you're out there, ice fishing is a, is a really social sport. You're going to hear that a lot. It's a social activity. When you go out there in the ice, 85% of the time you can go out there and go and have somebody either, uh, you, you start talking to them a little bit. Maybe, maybe they got a couple soda pops. Maybe you got a cooler full of soda pops or something else. And you can say, Hey, I'll trade you a Mountain Dew for, a." I don't know, uh, let me aug some holes, I'll trade you a Miller Lite, aug some holes, whatever it is, it's a social sport, so use that, so if you're starting out, grab that hand auger, uh, cut your teeth with the hand auger, get your, uh, get your arms built up, you know, you know, uh, that, uh, chick, chicks dig biceps, you know, get, get the, get those shoulders built up, get those biceps built up, and then, I would suggest, you know, if you have the means, start looking into it. Start start doing your research on what you need out of a out of a gas auger, whether it's a whether it's gas or whether it's propane, or even if you want to go into the electric and you want to get an ion or something like that. Do your research on companies. Look what you want. And I told you what I want. I prefer, and uh, that's the best thing I can tell you is to do your research and figure out what you need and what what uh, manufacturer is going to be the best for you. And uh, what you're going to get out of it. And, uh, you know, as always, I always tell everybody that if they want to come out and try any of these augers, send me a message on Facebook, send me an email, whatever it is, get a hold of me, ask me. If you see me out on the ice, come and ask me. I'll let you use what I got. I'll let you try it out because I want to get you, I want to make sure that you have the right thing and you have the right auger or the right what you need in your hands. And I want to try to give you the best information to go get what you need. So, uh, that's what I, that, that's how I look at augers. That's how I feel about augers. And, uh, we'll just move right into shelters now. Now, when it comes to shelters, um, you necessarily don't need a shelter. You really don't. Uh, as I talked about the, um, excuse me, as I talked about the, uh, uh, on the, uh, I don't remember which podcast it was, but, um, uh, recently about the developing a system to stay warm. Now, if you if you get into that, you develop a good system out there, you're going to stay warm and you're going to be warm and you necessarily don't need a shelter. So and then and with the develop of the de- development of these ice suits, uh like the lockout suit from Eskimo that I've used this year that I love, uh but there's several suits out there like that and I um uh it really it it really changes how you look at getting shelters. So technically, you don't need a shelter. 
But if you, uh, again, you know, staying out of the elements, uh, and, and, and there's another level to it too. If you want to build it up and you want to grab, if you feel that, hey, you know what? I know what you say, Matt. You don't need a shelter, but look, the way it gets windy, I get cold. I need a shelter. So the first, uh, the, the first kind of shelter I'm going to suggest is a, is a pop-up shelter or a hub shelter is what they call them. Now, a pop-up shelter is essentially that. Uh, it's uh, uh, think of a, You can kind of think of a tent. If you're putting up a tent, how they pop out, it has collapsible sides that pop out and they collapse. And, and it, um, it's really the, the biggest thing I like about these, these pop-up shelters or hub shelters is uh, I've used one. Oh man, I've used one ever since, um, gosh, I, I bought an old Eskimo when they were green. One man, it was basically a half a man because I'm at the time I was 250, something like that. So it was, it was a one man, but I was snug and I kept warm in there. And I think I bought that for a hundred bucks. And again, that goes into where your, whatever your needs are, whatever your budget is, and you want to build a good ice fishing system. And that's, that goes into that. So that goes into that thinking. So you can go get one of these hub shelters or pop-up shelters anywhere and um, and they can really, uh, you know, you can really fit one in your budget. Now, the one thing I got to say about these pop-up shelters and when it comes to fitting in your budget, if you don't buy a shelter, if you say you find one, I know you can find them a lot at uh, at Costco. I've seen them at Sam's. Um, they have them there. Uh, Cabela's, Bass Pro, Jack's, uh, any local shop, you can order one online. There's You can find them anywhere. Think about when you're, it's that old traditional, you get what you pay for. Uh, and is if it is a, a cheaper, on the cheaper side, meaning less expensive side, you're going to get what you pay for. So don't, so think about the material that that, that, that that shelter is made with and think about the collapsible parts. Um, those are going to break. If, if you're, it's just, it's just a matter of time before those break. And I'm speaking from experience. Now, and this goes back to again why I really love Eskimo and love what they do. I had bought two sh- two hub shelters before I purchased that Eskimo. Uh, one shelter I pulled it out of the package and I went to unzip the cover because a lot of these hub shelters they come covers, so you stuff it into a cover, you zip it over. Um, I went to unzip the cover, broke the zipper on the first time I pulled it out of the package. Now that I was, I was pretty pissed off about that because I had just bought the damn thing and I go to, and the zipper breaks on me. So I had it out. So I pop it up and collapse. I fished with it out of a day or I fished out of it, uh, through the day and it was good. It was fine. I had no issues with it, uh, fishing out of it. I go to collapse it, uh, 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 a seam breaks. Now, again, I, um, this, 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 this is, I, I learned the hard way from it and I'm looking at it and I'm just scratching my head. I spent, you know, I think it was 150 bucks for this one. And, you know, I was upset because that many, I'm not upset because things break. If you use them, they're going to break. If you main, I mean, it just, it's just, it's just what's going to happen. It's cold, it's gear, you use it. Things are going to break on things. You just have to understand that. You can't be pissed off and upset at the company because things broke. But right out of the freaking box and and right on my first day of using it, I have two things break on it. I was done with it. I was done with that shelter, put it back, took it back to where I bought it, and they gave me a refund. So um, my next shelter I bought, uh, it was almost, I, I actually got a good two years out of that before seams broke. Then 
from there, I purchased this Eskimo green that I talked about, old school green one, and I still have that shelter today. That shelter's 10, 12 years old, and I still use it. Well, my son uses it. He's five years old. He uses it as, as a tent. He would put it up all over the yard, and uh, sometimes I will take it out ice fishing with me, and because it's a it's a nice, uh, it's it's uh, especially if I'm setting up a tent city. When I did guide, I would set these up and um, kind of put gear in there, kind of keep stuff separate, so I still used it. But the now nowadays, it's it, it's in it's in great shape. It is still in great shape. Uh, it's used, it's worn, but it's in great shape. No, none of the none of the uh, poles, none of none of the collapsible parts have broke. Uh, the seams have stayed. I, I think I busted two seams on the inside with the pockets. Uh, so, but other than that, I've had it, haven't had any problems with it. So, um, I again, it, you're you're gonna go and you're gonna go through process of figuring out what works best for you, what manufacturer works best for you. So uh, keep that in mind is things are going to break. You're in cold, you're in cold weather. Things are going to break over time, but keep an eye on, on uh, with these hub shelters, um, the collapsible parts and the seams and zippers too. Zippers are another thing too. There's a lot of zippers that you can close doors, you can open windows. And um, so keep an eye on those fabric, keep an eye on what, uh, 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 what, kind of stuff what what things it's made out of look at the components and the parts and then not only how much it costs if you're going to buy if you're going to buy one of these shelters that costs 100 bucks at costco and just keep in mind just know that there's a good chance that 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 those parts haven't been made that haven't the if they're charging you a hundred dollars there's a good chance that they didn't put a hundred dollars into making that shelter so keep that in mind but um these pop-up hub shelters they're they're uh they're easy to carry. Uh, the one I have, I use a 949 um, from, uh, it's a Fatfish 949, and I love the thing. It's uh, what, what I mean by Fatfish is the bottom is wider, and it's uh, higher at the top, uh, so it's it really it uh, gives a lot of a lot of fishability in it especially on the bottom if you look at some uh, cases with shelters or these hub shelters you might not have a lot of room on the bottom this one does i love it and the fabric i have the insulated fabric on it and it uh if you're looking to keep to stay warm and if you do have a heater running there sometimes i don't even run a heater when i have this uh this going just to heat from me being in there or if i have either my son or another angler or somebody else with me uh the heat stays pretty good in there so another thing to look at is fabric a lot of these shelters they come out with these insulated fabric that's a good thing to look at with these hub shelters and you're going to find a lot of these insulated fabrics on even the flip over shelters but these hub shelters right now um they fit into budgets really nicely uh the one i'm running is is you know you can find it anywhere from you can find some online uh for for around two two fifty and uh that fits right into a lot of people's budgets and um the way uh the durability of these shelters i have not i've again i've I busted seams on it but i've had this shelter running this shelter for four or five years and not have a problem with it but again do your research do your uh do what you do uh with uh or do what you need to do do your due diligence by looking up and building a finding out what you're if you're that type of guy if you just want to go out and it and all you care about is how much it costs and you just go and pick it up and then you learn from there that's fine too but uh you can't really uh these shelters uh especially these uh and these, these fat fish, I really love them, and I spend a lot of time in them. But again, I, you know, I have used some that you know that weren't very good. The one I, the one I bought and used for a couple years before they the seams broke on it, and then I was just I just was done with it. 
not not because I was pissed off and said I'm done with this. I just was done. It was time. It was done. It was time for me to get a new shelter. You know, I, it was one of those ones. I, I want to say it was like a eagle or something like that. Black shelter. I bought it from. Uh, I actually bought it online. I think I bought it from. Uh, I haven't no eBay maybe something like that. But you can find those shelters on there, and they're good. They do the they do they do the trick. They do the trick. And I, and I also seen some people too out there that uh, uh, they use um, tents. You know, big, big tents, uh, tarp tents, you know. Uh, thing with those is, uh, oh, another thing too with these. And the so the thing with those tents, like I'll, I'll just continue with that, um, the wind. So when you get into a windy, windy situation, if you just have like a skeleton with a tarp over the top of it, uh, with a lot of these tents you can buy, there's, there's tents you can buy at Walmart that are in that kind of category where they don't have a lot of, they're not insulated and they're hard. They're made for, you know, for you to go uh, have a, picnic and they're made to hold potato salad not ice anglers you know what i mean so uh, they're made to protect potato salad they're made to protect hot dogs and they're not made to protect you from the elements of ice fishing so keep that in mind with those great option if you're on a budget and you're looking for cover you're just looking for something to put over you if it's cold you look for something to pull over you but as soon as it gets windy those shops become really really uh they they're going to blow, they're going to blow away. They're just going to get destroyed. They're going to blow away. Uh, these hub shelters here, uh, the majority of them are built to withstand that heat there or that wind. I should say they, the way that they flex and the way that the skeletons inside them and the way they flex on those collapsible parts, they're going to, they're, they're going to hold up in that wind. And also you're going to have the, the tie downs or you're going to be able to, um, uh, to put the screws in there in uh, in the lag screws, whatever kind of screw you're using or the ice anchors you can put down, um, into the ice to keep the shelter in is uh is the systems that they have are great and another thing too you're going to look at when you when you do put these uh when you do put those ice anchors in um to to lock your shelter into the ice pay attention to how that how that uh how they are stitched at those points um a lot of times that's where you're going to find your strongest stitching is down there the strongest fabric the thickest the the thickest fabric is going to be down there that's where you're going to want to pay attention to um because last thing you want is uh and 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 i've had this happen uh wind comes up and it just shreds and rips that that seam right down there and uh keep an eye on those down there too but like i said do your due diligence these are great in wind these hub shelters are great in the wind they're easy to uh, take out there. If you're pulling a sled or you're just going out there with a bucket and your rods, you can put this. A lot of these have shoulder straps on them. The 949, the one I use, has a shoulder strap on it. Um, it's uh, you can use it's you can use them and move around a lot more. And they're not they're not they don't take up a lot of room. They don't take up a bunch of room. You can dump it in a sled. You can put it over your shoulder, like I said, and carry it out there. Not too heavy. So. Um, uh, you know, there, and there's plenty of, uh, hub shelters that are out there too. You know, uh, there's the one I, the one I've been talking about has, you can fit anywhere from two to three people comfortably. Now the, don't look at the ratings on these. A lot of these are going to, you're going to say three to four and you're going to say, well, I can only fit two and a half in there. I only fit me and another buddy. You got to think of how big you are and how big your buddy is. You got, you got a couple guys in there that are, you know, 250 plus and in all your gear and holes, 
you're going to run out of room. And that's another thing too with these fat fish down the bottom. The holes, you can drill a lot more holes. You can get a lot more holes in them. You can get one to two holes, uh, even or one to two holes a piece. So if you got two people in there, you can get you can fish with four holes comfortably and set up a dead stick or an active rod. So um, keep that in mind too. Uh, I don't wouldn't pay attention too much about the rating with the three to four. I would use I would use whatever. If you're going to buy a shelter that's rated three to four, I would look at it. And if you're a bigger dude, look at it as two two one to two man. Um, comfortably, but they make bigger shelters that are out there. They got six packs. They got uh, they got plenty of other shelters that are out there uh, that are bigger and hold more people. Um, so uh, they they got some that are that uh, are even up. Like I mean, for example, uh, the sixty one twenty. You can fit a ton of people in there or a ton of gear. Uh, so it's um it's uh uh. It's like the I call it the octagon, even though it's not an octagon because I think they only have six sides on them. But I like to call these the, the big suckers the octagon, so they're huge. So uh, keep those in mind. You know, um, if you have a bunch of people, or you take a bunch, you take your family out, whatever it may be, or you just want to set up camp and you want to be warm and you want to have a lot of surface area to move around in. These are a good option too. Um, the only problems you can kind of run into if you're not used to one of these things, if you're a new angler and you buy, if you're, you're new, kind of a novice uh, ice angler out there, um, is the wind. Uh, setting up with the wind, it, it kind of can get tricky. You kind of have to figure out uh, where you're going to pop out first. Uh, typically, you pop the sides out, then you pop the top. That's what I do. Uh, but um, taking them down and setting up in the wind can be an issue, so you might have to deal with that. But uh, again, these hub shelters or these flip or not not flip, but these hub shelters is what I like to call them. Um, they're they're great hub pop up whatever you want to call them. Uh, they're they are my uh, they are what I always have with me. I always have one of these with me. So um, uh, I really would suggest one of those. Again, if you're if you're on that second level or you're you're building on you're looking to add a shelter to your to your ice game your ice arsenal. This is a good way to go with these pop-up shelters. I really, really, really like the pop-up shelters. So, but you know, if you want to look into, you want to get, uh, you want to even get to another level, another tier, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, these uh, the uh, flip-over shelters uh, or the sled shelters, the, the shelters that are attached to sleds. Now, uh, the thing with these shelters are is um, you're going, they're going to be heavy. Um, any given time, you know, if you get a, an average two man shelter, uh, depends on the sled, depends on, um, how much stuff you put in it. Uh, if the, just the, just the sled, just a shelter itself is going to be around that, um, you know, 80 to 90 pound range. Uh, you might find some that are, uh, if you get a one man might be less than that, you know, looking 70, 60, maybe. So, and that's just dry weight. Uh, so these are going to be heavy. Uh, putting them in and out of the truck. If it's just you doing it, you, you'll develop some kind of a system to do that. I used to have a, I had a roller, like a wood plank that I would put down on my tailgate and I'd slide it off and then I would pull it back on. So that's kind of what I would do. But, um, uh, the portable sled shelters are great. Um, great in the wind because, uh, they're, they're, they're so heavy. They don't move around as much. They don't blow as much and you can, uh, uh, the biggest thing with these shelters that I that I like to focus on, or that I like to get out of them, the what, what or what I look for, as I should say, is um, is is the uh, the flippability, being able to flip them over easy and flip them up. Some of these shelters that I've I've had experience with, again, I've had a lot of experience with a lot of manufacturers, and um, 
what I what I don't like is I have to if I want to flip it over myself, I have to get up, push all the poles up, push all the poles out. If I want to collapse it on myself, I have to get in, or if I want to collapse it, and move, I have to get up, pull pull the poles in, push them all down, push it in, and then I can move. Now, you're thinking, yeah, Matt, well, that doesn't sound like too big of a deal, but if it's cold and those things freeze up, you can come run into some kind of issues or run into issues with getting those poles back in and um, and extending them. Extending and um, and retracting them is one of the, is what I'm talking about here is where you can run into some issues with that in some cold weather. That's only the downside that I don't like about these uh, about these types of uh, flip over shelters is that case. I have ran into some issues where they freeze and um, it's hard to get back in. And again, if anybody's think about what you have to do, you have to, uh, some of these shelters, you have to use your thumbs to punch, uh, to push those little uh, nipples in to get the uh, poles to go over. So if it's freezing cold and you have those out and you're moving around, that can be, that can be kind of a pain in the butt. But uh, other than that, um, there is definitely, I, I do definitely use these shelters. I use these shelters more if I'm not going to be hole hopping a lot. If I'm going to be kind of setting up in an area, say if I'm, uh, if I'm um, fishing a big, a big flat uh, for walleye, uh, for perch, you know, and I'm, I'm setting up in an area and I'm waiting fish to come, waiting for fish to come through. If I'm setting up on a weed edge or a, a, a spot in the weeds uh, where I'm, I'm fishing, I could be fishing for trout. You know, um, if I'm setting up on a ridge for lake trout. Now, uh, I should back up with that. I don't, I don't like to fish these again with these real quick. Um, some of them are the the height from the the ice uh, to the top of the shelter is not that aren't that high. They kind of shrink down. And uh, with with some of these, with what you're going to look at, that's what you're going to have. You're going to have kind of a smaller uh, surface or area to set hooks at to do hook sets in. So. Uh, with lake trout in general, now I'm um, not saying you can't go out and do this. Not saying you can't go out and catch lake trout, but you have to think about when you're when you're setting a hook on a lake trout, you are burying all of that hook into that fish's mouth because those the, the fish that lake trout mouth is so tough to get that hook in. You're going to want a lot of area to really set that hook. So uh, that's where you can run into some trouble with uh, having a, a, a low ceiling. I should say, you know, is what I'm saying. That that top is kind of low. You can run into some trouble with that, um, setting the hook. And even, it doesn't have to be lake trout. It could be walleye, it could be trout, whatever it is. You might run into some trouble with that. You might break some rod tips going straight up. You might you might have a low ceiling. Some of these shelters have low ceilings. And uh, not all of them do. Some of them do. But uh, that could be an issue that you can run into. But I like to really, if I'm sitting down, if I'm hunkered down in an area, I really like to, uh, This that's when I, um, I'm going to use one of these sleds. Or I'm, I'm sorry. Um, one of these flip over shelters. Um, again, for me, uh, personally, I don't, I, I really don't use these a whole lot because of that. I like to, I like to move light. I like to run and gun, um, and, uh, move around a little bit more. So I really, really, for me, I really stay with the hub shelters, but they, they have great, um, they're useful. They're really useful and they have their purpose for those of you that, like to do that fishing where they set up a little bit more. So um, definitely something you want to look into. Definitely something that, uh, again, like I said, do your research and figure out if that's what you need. And you can always ask me questions. Again, send me a Facebook message. Send me an email. Whatever it may be, uh, get a hold of me. Ask me. Leave me a message on um, on Instagram. 
whatever it is, uh, let me know uh, how you feel about it or, or if you have any questions and you, you want to know a little bit more about it. This year, um, I'm running a new shelter. It's a Sierra. A well, big thing I noticed about this is it does have that height up top uh, to where you can do have the hook set, hook set and it is easier to pull. So uh, again, you're gonna want to when you when you build these when you put these together, you're gonna get buy them. You can you can get lucky and go to a store and buy that floor model, but get, I wouldn't buy the floor model of these shelters. I see what those guys do to these or what customers do to these uh, well, working store events and stuff like that. I see what the, how these customers beat the crap and they 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 pull things. There's you got little kids running around in there. So if you buy it off the floor like that and put it in your truck, you're gonna have problems with it pretty much you're going to pretty much have problems with it so uh when you put these together um put some runners on the bottom um that always helps uh, uh pull these a little bit easier uh and so that's what i would suggest too if when you put these together put those on the bottom and make sure you have those installed first before you put it all together and feel like oh i'm going to add these to the bottom now you're um it's going to be it's going to be a little bit uh, more difficult speaking from experience to do that uh, again, another thing with these uh, with these flip flip over shelters is if you're running a um, a snowmobile, an ATV, a UTV, whatever it is, uh, and you these these are great to tow around. I mean, if I was if I strictly ran a snowmobile or a sled or whatever it is, I would I would fish out of these all the time, uh, just because you can you can hook up a snowmobile and you don't have to worry about pulling it. You just use a snowmobile by pulling it, put all your gear in there, and you're good to go. But again, like I said, uh, uh, previous podcast that um, you uh, here in Colorado and even in this region, there's a lot of places where um, there's not a lot of places where you can you can use your uh, ATV or UTV, and not a lot of places I fish, uh, but um, you can, and I would definitely suggest to do that if uh, if you are in that situation. So uh, another shelter I'm going to talk about so is uh, uh, crossover shelters. Now um, uh, Eskimo really has uh, the market cornered on these uh, crossover shelters, and basically what they are is they're a combo between the uh, hub shelters and the flip over shelter. So what that is is there's a you flip it over and you pop it out. And, um, my experience with these, uh, is, is they are, they are, uh, again, uh, for me personally, they, they're heavy. Uh, they're really heavy to, to move around, uh, pull around. And, uh, what my initial thing was, was from is they can be a little bit pain in the butt to, to, to collapse and uncollapse, but you have to get into a you have to figure out a rhythm to do that. Uh, I strictly started using this shelter last year when I went out, um, when I was using, when I had the ability to use a snowmobile, I would hook it up to the snowmobile and use it then. They worked great in that case. But as far as you uh, fishing around, as and again, if you are if you have that, that uh, if, if you like to go and set up on an area and not move a whole lot all day, this is a great shelter. Tons of room. You get the best of both worlds. You get the flip out. You get the room of a pop up, and then you also get the uh, get the the stability of of a flip over. Where if it does get windy, you have that weight, extra weight to hold it down. But the the room, the fishability in these, and uh, when I say fishability, I'm talking about the room that you can fish out of in these shelters are great. They're great. Uh, um, tons of room to fish out of tons of room for you and a buddy and uh, uh as far as these shelters go i really really in my opinion they work really well if you're going to set up in an area not move a whole lot and then or if you're going to be running off of an atv or or a, a snowmobile something like that but uh, they have their they have their purpose and if that's something you're looking for if that's something that you do and you want something like that these are great 
they're great to they're uh, a great um uh, they're a great shelter to use. So, uh, again, that's, that's going to kind of close it up on the shelters. You know, um, my, my personal opinion is I love hub shelters. Um, I love the pop-up shelters. They're easy to move around in or easy to move around with. They're easy, easy to pop up, easy to pop down or pop in or pop up and the collapse. They're easy once you get used to it. And again, think about this too. When you buy something new, it's going to need that break-in period too. So I can see kind of if you if you buy a new uh, hub shelter and you can't collapse those as easy or you can't uh, um, pop them out, pop them in, um, you're going to take some time to work it in. That's going to be with any shelter you buy. So uh, And if you do buy a shelter and they, cut, they break in a little bit easier, I might be questioning about that because it might be a little worn right there. Just keep an eye on that. But with these, any of these shelters you get, do your research on them. The main parts that you're going to have issues with, mm, excuse me, I had to drink something. Uh, the main issues you're going to have are what I would look at, even if you're buying a used shelter, okay? Because a lot of people have these used shelters for sale. Uh, um, what I would look at is uh, stitching. Number one, I would check out the stitching um, of the of the skin, um, and then, uh, I would look at, you know, those, those anchor points, those points where you're going to put anchors in. Um, what does it look like there? Is it weathered? Is it, is it worn out? Um, and, uh, is it, um, you know, uh, what, uh, is it just stitching, stitching broke? Now I wouldn't pay too much attention about stitching on the inside, especially those pockets. That's going to happen. Uh, and what I really like to say there is if, if a manufacturer comes out and says we have the best stitching in your po- in, in the pockets, um, I, I don't understand why that, uh, I, I don't understand why that would, uh, um, be, uh, important to me, um, by having the best stitching on the pockets, you know, our pockets never break. You know, I, I hardly put things in those pockets anyway. Uh, so, um, but when, when I do put something in those pockets, you know, it's, it's not a whole lot, but, uh, keep an eye on that. Look for burn, burn holes, uh, burn marks. Um, a lot of people, they don't, they, uh, they don't pay attention when they got heaters in, so you got burn marks if you're looking on. And this is used shelters too, um, that uh, I would look on. And then I would look at the collapsible parts, uh, see what if they're worn out. I would look at uh, uh, the center, um, uh, the center rings on them uh, in the middle of the uh, where where they collapse. I would look at those, how those are made, uh, if they're if they hold up, you know, well. Uh, but definitely, I would look at the skeleton. And I would look at the skin that goes on top of that, about the fr- on top of the frame. So um, keep an eye on those parts. But also too, when you're looking at, um, uh, and, and when you're looking at them, just buying these shelters in general, whether it's a flip over or a hub, uh, do your research on the parts. Uh, look at, look and see, read reviews. Um, there's a lot of reviews out there, out there, whether it's on a on a forum or something. There's a there are reviews out there for everything. So I would keep an eye on those. And, uh, you know, do your due diligence, do your due diligence and look for, I can't speak, uh, look for what you're looking, what you need out of a shelter or an auger. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of pretty much what I got to say about that. I I apologize if I went through it uh, quick, uh, there's a lot to get through. And again, if you have any questions, if I didn't elaborate on anything, or if I confused you as always, leave leave me a message, uh, whatever it may be. Again, you can find me at, uh, on Facebook at, uh, outdoor ed, and um, like me on Facebook there, and uh, or like the page on Facebook. Um, and uh, I, I do a live feed every Thursday uh, night, typically every Thursday night, on Facebook. Um, and 
check it out there. If uh, you want to get a hold of me on Instagram, uh, look at the outdoor underscore, out, I'm sorry, outdoor underscore ed underscore podcast, I think is what it is. Uh, just look it up. You should be able to find it, uh, search it, I guess, whatever it is you do with the Instagram. But, uh, anyway, um, you know, the, I think this might be again, might be the last, uh, ice, uh, podcast specific podcast I do. Cause again, we're, we're getting into, um, uh, not having a whole, whole lot of ice anymore. There's still ice up there. I may do one more, uh, but as far as uh, uh, these kind of uh, podcasts, I'm not going to probably do any more. I'm kind of transition over into open water, and we have turkey hunting coming up. I have two guests. Uh, actually, more than that, I got a couple guests scheduled. I forgot about the other one. I just got a call from, uh, just a uh, confirmation from here. Um, we're going to talk to some folks from Colorado Parks and Wildlife, and we're talking some folks from Bass Pro Shops. Um, get you ready for turkey hunting. Turkey hunting is coming up here pretty soon. Um, I'm excited to get out there uh and um uh see what the turkey season is going to have this year remember if you're in the state of colorado uh the deadline is to put your uh, applications in is the 8th uh so keep that in mind but uh again as always um please um rate and review the podcast we are on itunes finally so if you can do me a huge favor there rate and review it um and uh let me know what uh just whatever put put rate and review it i mean i'm not gonna tell you what to write or what not to write just uh uh, rate and review i always appreciate that and um and go and uh you know uh like uh like the facebook page instagram and uh all that good stuff but anyway thanks for tuning in today and um i hope uh this information is good and useful and uh catches you still where you have ice uh, this you can translate these. It doesn't have to be here in Colorado. You can translate these throughout the the country or out the nation along the ice belt, along the cold belt, which is what we are. The ice belt is up on top a little bit. So, um, uh, yeah, check that out. And uh, I hope y'all have a good day. And uh, if you are ice fishing out there, be safe. Uh, always check the ice as you go. My dog is having a freaking meltdown over here. I better go feed him. So. Um, other than that, y'all take care, and uh, we will see you next week when it is we're going to talk turkey. All right. Peace out.